Hello, welcome to Free Will Science and Religion. I'm Chandler Klebs, and I'm here with George Ortega and WSD Time. And we're going to be talking about God today, apparently, because um, I'm atheist, Will's agnostic, and and George is pantheist. And so George is going to talk to us a little bit about um, his conception of God and some of that. I'm so. I'll turn it over to George, and he can tell us what he thinks about how God is defined. Okay, thanks, Chandler. Now, what I want to talk about specifically is how the atheist argument against God is very similar to the compatibilist argument defending free will. And I say that, in other words, like what compatibilist, compatibilists will do, they'll define free will in a certain way, like, They'll say, well, free will is just like doing what we want. And they, they'll say that, um, that we have that free will. But Chandler, you and I know, and Will knows, that free will doesn't mean that. So in other words, like, so compatibilists are actually, you know, defending a notion of free will that is incorrect. And so, like, I'm, my, my um, case in, in this podcast will be to present, you know, an, an argument that atheists are actually, you know, refuting a God that isn't the ordinary um, definition of God. Okay, so let's start like, so, you know, and we're on the wiki page on God, right? Because we're going to use wiki as our source. So let's start with God defined as being omnipresent or present everywhere. How does a... a <laughs> How does that sound to you, um, Will? How does that sound to you? God being everywhere, right? It, even God, even in your even in your bathroom while you're taking a shower. Exactly, God. Yeah, do, that do isn't creepy that? at all. Huh? Does does that make sense? Does that does the God that is everywhere does is that does that make sense? Well, or Chandler, what's what's your take when when I say that that God is everywhere is is like is there an argument against that? Well, this is very interesting, George, because I understand that this is listed here as one of the attributes of, of God. And you know what's strange about it, George, is that nobody ever seemed to talk about that in the churches I grew up in. And, and, and I agree with you completely. In other words, like, I'm not, making, I'm not making a case for conventional religion because conventional religion has so many things wrong it's just like it needs to be basically just torn down and just rebuilt from the, from the ground up. I mean, we need a, a new basis for religion. My my only um, argument here say, Get rid relates of it to, to the, the the accurate definition of God. So like so Chandler, um, when I say that that God, you know, is is um, is everywhere. That's that's the definition oh. of God. Is there a way that I mean? Do you believe that's a true statement? Do you believe a God, a God like that exists, or or would you say that that's inaccurate? Well, it's kind of an interesting thing because um, all all I can really say about it is it sure does not match the concept of God that I was taught as a child. All right, again, and but like you know. Basically, I agree with you. You know what they teach. You know, for example, in 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 in, in churches, uh, synagogues, they will teach that God is all powerful. 
yet they'll also teach that we have free will. Again, like I'm agreeing with mm-hmm. you, there's a lot of nonsense that's taught in church, but again, like what what biblical scholars know, what what you know, what when you for example, if you would ask, you know, a priest or a minister in pretty much any church, if you ask them directly and if you you ask them like is God omnipresent? You know, I would I would doubt very few would say no. You know, I think that's because again, this the wiki article is just basically encapsulating the major fundamental attributes of God. Yeah, this is interesting because, like, okay, let let's say that we go with this. Let's say that um, that God is everywhere. Well, then the only way for God to be everywhere is to literally be everything. Exactly, and that's my point. So, in other mm-hmm. words, like. Um, if God is everywhere, God is everything, and that's so. In other words, like, what's another term for, means, for everything? The universe. Yeah. You know. That it, means it, he's everything. That means he's somehow this controller that's sitting in front of me, this thermos, this TV, my cousin right here, that fan, those fans it, over there, that antenna, that fan above me. Exactly, Will. If God is everything and everywhere, <laughs> then God is the universe. And so, like, so basically, to refute God, to say that God um, doesn't exist, would be, in a certain sense, to say that the universe doesn't exist. Right. I, I see how that is in in pantheism. Um, of course, when when atheists say that God doesn't exist, none of them is actually saying that. Well, that's what I'm saying, Chandler. I'm saying that, like, the atheist refutation of God is very similar to the compatibilist defense of free will. In other words, atheists are essentially refuting inaccurate, mistaken conceptions of God. So like, basically, that's why we, we went to this wiki page on God. We're just going to analyze and explore the fundamental attributes of God, not the nonsense that's ad- added to it, just like what God essentially means. So, all right, so like, so we basically kind of like understand that like if we define God as being everything and everywhere, then the universe is everything and everywhere. So then, you know, so you can't, you can't really refute that, that, you know, that God defined as everywhere, you know, seems to be unequivocal. You know, one can't argue against that. All right, the next, um, another fundamental attribute of God is that God is omnipotent. So Chandler, um, describe what what omnipotence means. Well, um, it's interesting because omnipotence, uh, uh, omnipotence, um, to me, when I was taught that God was omnipotent, it meant God could do anything. Yep, pretty much anything. But but, I mean, I I think like, I mean, can God, for example— Right, but but and Chandler, I think that would be a, a kind of like a mistaken view of omnipotent. In other words, like, can God make one plus one equal three? <laughs> right. So. Oh no! So, here's another one. They say if God can do anything, can he make a boulder so heavy that even he can't lift it? <laughs> exactly. They hate, right. they hate that question. So, all right. So like, so let's let's define omnipotence correctly as you know. The ability to do what can be done. If, if, if anything is done, then it's, it's, it's like, you know, God is the power behind it. God is, God is like, you know, again, another definition of omnipotence is like, 
that it is like powerful. It's unlimited power. It is like power over everything. So now if we define God in that way, let's let's um, see if there's a a natural explanation that, that correlates to that. And if we consider the laws of nature, you know, basically the laws of nature can be considered to be omnipotent. They rule all of all of reality. So, guys, how's that sound so far? Well, I'm st- I'm still trying to figure out the um, omnipotence thing. You know, this this unlimited power. Now, we've already established that it doesn't mean that you that God can make a rock so big you can't break it, or make one plus one equal three. So, to me, that seems like a limit to power. Chandler, I agree. I think this unlimited power um, description in this wiki page is inaccurate. You know, all powerful. Um, let, let's say sovereign. Are you familiar with the word sovereign? Yes. No. I mean, I've, I've looked it up before, but I forgot what it means. But I could... Oh, actually, let's look it up right now. Let's, let's go to, um, it's a little hard to spell, R- S-O-V-E-R-E-I. Yeah. Hey, I don't know how to spell either. Okay, so, like, so sovereign, of uh, the first definition, you know, is a supreme ruler, especially a monarch. So, but that, that, that applies to, um, to people. But basically, it's like supreme authority. So now here's the thing. So like the, the, the laws of nature are sovereign in that they determine what can and cannot happen in the universe. The laws of nature are omnipotent. They, they, they are all powerful. They, they determine what happens. You know, in other words, like nothing can happen unless the laws of nature allow it to happen. Can we agree on, on that definition of, of omnipotence, that, that it is basically the, the ability to rule over, over everything, that, you know, that, that it, it basically determines what happens and what doesn't happen? So basically it's like um, the, whatever the, na- the laws of nature say, that's what happens. Exactly. This is the, you know, the second fundamental attribute of God. God is everywhere. That's the first attribute. God is all-powerful. That's the second attribute. And again, we find that the laws of nature are all-powerful, so that so we, we can't really logically refute a God that is defined as all-powerful, right? Because, like, you know, basically God is synonymous, you know, in his attribute of, all, of omnipotence, is synonymous with the, with the, the laws of nature, you know, the, the fundamental forces and the, the basic, you know, the, the, the governance of the universe. And no one can escape causality. Exactly, exactly. In other words, like, we could, we could even define God as causality, right? God, omnipotence, what, what causes everything? Causality causes everything, right? Yeah. Okay, so, like, now we've got, we've got two fundamental, you know, definitions descriptions of god that are irrefutable because again like the universe is everywhere and the laws of nature and causality govern everything okay let's go to a a next one now this next one is more contentious actually let's go with one that that i think is is inaccurate and i think atheists correctly refute it okay there's there's um there's a, an attribute of God that is omnibenevolence, that God is, like, completely good. Okay? And like, <laughs> That's funny. 
Uh, you're right, and, and I have to agree with you guys. I can't, you know, I, I don't believe God can be completely you good. Read that Bible. I guarantee you, if people have a, um, uh, with a um, somewhat conscious mind of reading that Bible without rose-covered glasses on, you will see that God is anything but good. Exactly. <laughs> Chandler, are we in agreement that, like, so basically the atheists, in this sense, they're right. You know, God it cannot be omnibenevolent or is not omnibenevolent. Well, here's my take on it, George, because whether somebody defines God as the Christian God that I was taught or they define God as the universe, either way, omnibenevolence is impossible. Okay. All right. So, and I agree with you. And as a matter of fact, yep. here's like, here's a lot. In the Bible, if you go to Isaiah. Well, actually, um, only time you're um, all loving is maybe when you're a newborn. <laughs> <laughs> right, all right, but but re related to God, for example, if you go to Isaiah, um, hold on for a second, um, Isaiah forty-five seven, you know, God Himself is saying, and I'm 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 reading right from the Hebrew, you know, the transliteration, I form the light and create darkness, I make peace and create evil, I am I the Lord do all these things, so so essentially. In the Bible it's, itself, it's saying that God... What the, what verse was that again? <laughs> that's Isaiah 45, 7. All right, so so basically, right. so we're right now we're at like two definitions of God that are irrefutable, right? And one that, that's that's mistaken, right? So in other words, like, so there's... All right, now let's, let's deal with one that's a bit more difficult than the ones we've been dealing with. Um, God as all-knowing or omniscient um <laughs> now chandler what is the what is the um the atheist refutation of that why do why do gods why do atheists say that god cannot be all-knowing or omniscient well this is a very interesting one because um what i what i commonly hear is well you know because uh, omniscience is taken to mean that that um, that God knows everything, and th that includes everything that will happen as well as what has happened in the past. And particularly what's strange about it is that I don't really hear people say that God can't—most people don't say—give a reason why God can't know everything, but it's more like, well, if God knew every everything, then why didn't he change it so that it wasn't that thing? Exactly. Something I've been saying for years. Well, and, 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 and Chandler, I agree with you. The fundamental question in life, you know, relative to, to human beings, because we're sentient beings and relative to other, you know, animals, is like, if God is all-powerful and God is, like, I think we're assuming that God is intelligent, because, like, you know, um, governing the entire universe seems to be a very intelligent act. So, you know, if God is all-powerful, if God is intelligent also, why did he create suffering? Why did he create evil? Because evil, it just makes no sense. I'm, are, 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 is, that, is that kind of like what Another what, thing what, that what doesn't make sense is diseases. Why did he create that? Right. All right. And, and you know, the, the answer, I don't know. And, but here's the thing. Like, when, when we believe in free will, you know, the problem with that belief is that, well, the answer is, 
why is there suffering and evil in the world? Because human beings, you know, because Adam and Eve sinned, because we brought it on ourselves with our free will, right? So what, to the extent that we understand we don't have a free will, all of a sudden we recognize that that it was like it was it was God's doing. And so like, you know, again, that's that's a lot harder. We don't have an answer. I don't have an answer for that. It makes no sense. But here's my 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 defense of God being omniscient would be that. Um, all right. To rule everything, to govern everything, I think you have to be aware of everything. You know, because how could you how could you govern, you know, through the laws of nature, something of which you're not aware? Guys, how does that sound? Well, this is that's an interesting thought there. Yeah, it is very interesting. Yeah, because see, here's the thing about when we I think part of the thing is when we when Christians talk about God, you know, when I keep going back to that because that's how I was raised, you know. Um, they when they think of God governing things, they think of like a like a ruler, a, a politician, a king, or something, and that they um, and that they're saying what happens, they're sovereign or whatever. But of course, those people doing that, they don't know everything, and there are plenty of things that they are not aware of. Exactly. So, like, so the difference would be that like a a, a person can't know everything. Whereas the universe, I think, in a certain sense, would have to. So I agree with you, Chandler. I mean, it seems like the, the term atheist maybe should should be better phrased acutheorist. In, um, theist. in other words, like um, that um, atheist means like without God or, or, you know, or that God doesn't exist. Whereas an acutheist means that like that, that um, somebody who believes in the accurate description of God, which is not what Christians teach, which is not what what Judaism and Islam and the major religions teach, but all right, but but can we can we see so like so in other words like this concept of of the universe having to know everything to be able to govern everything? I'm not sure that a atheists have a, a valid argument against. You know that they may claim that 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 God is not um, a, um, omniscient, but again, I, I haven't heard an argument that that successfully refutes it. And if we again, if we if we kind of like base our conclusion on the universe needing to know everything to govern or rule everything, then it, you know that seems like a valid um, argument. So so now we we have three. You know, attributes of fundamental, fundamental attributes of God, um, omnipresence, omnipotence, and omniscience that seem true, seem to make sense, and then one omnibenevolence that that is is I think we can agree completely inaccurate. In other words, if there's evil in the world, God has to be responsible for it. Okay, so like another um, definition from this page is that God is eternal. You see, it's right after divine simplicity, and we'll, we'll maybe deal with that. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but God, for example, if we define God as eternal, well, I mean, the universe is eternal as far as we know. You know, the observed universe is like, you know, started 13.8 billion years ago, but physicists will tell you that 
that's just what we have knowledge of that you know it would seem logic would, would seem to suggest that something caused the big bang and something caused whatever caused the big bang so then well, we... they're saying a white hole did it there might be existence of a white hole out there but yeah <laughs> Interesting. Uh, WSD, uh, that's the first time I hear that term, a white hole. So, like, it's kind of like an opposite of a black yeah, hole. Yeah, but it's still a theory. They're saying that white holes are out. It might be, since they're black holes, white holes are, like, supposed to be the opposite of a black hole. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. But, like, yeah. <laughs> can, 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 we, um, can we agree that, that if we define God as eternal, that the, the universe is eternal? So, so that defining God as, as eternal is another fundamental attribute that is irrefutable. Well, obviously, since the universe is all that exists, then clearly we have to say it's eternal because something always had to exist. You know, that's the only that's the only way. Especially with causality, implies an infinite regress of causes. All right, so we've got five fundamental attributes of God. One which is wrong, huh? the omnibenevolence, and four which seem to be accurate. So, like, before we go further, because we've eight. got only about eight minutes left, um, can you guys see how, like, how while the Judeo-Christian-Islamic definition, conception of God is clearly wrong in, in a lot of ways, you know, one being omnibenevolence, but like another, in other ways, for example, that God spoke to this person and, you know, all this stuff, you know, that it, while a lot of that stuff is just myth, that when you define God according to these fundamental attributes, then God and the universe are synonymous. So, so like, it, it's really illogical to refute the existence of God. Well, it's very interesting, and I see what you've done there, George, because one can take these these attributes uh, of God and apply them to the universe in a way that makes sense. However, when somebody asks me um, whether I believe in God or not, I, I, will, I usually will just tell them no, um, because I know that they mean the biblical God. They mean the Christian God, the one that sends you to hell and that the, yeah. your sins and all that. Oh, and by the way, there's a little off subject. I sent you a link about that white hole there, if you oh, want to okay. look at it. Thanks. All right. But yeah. Yeah. So here's here's the key thing, George. Like, um, like you're a pantheist, and so when you say you know that God is synonymous with the universe, I get that, and yet I find that it's better just to use the word universe, you know, rather than use the word God because we live in a world, you know, that's full of Christians, Muslims, and Jews using God, which is clearly not the universe. All right, but Chandler, but like, let's say we apply that reasoning. You know, you're saying when, when a Christian says, like, they believe in God, you say, no, I don't believe in God because you know what they mean, right? So, like, mm -hmm. should we, if, when we apply that to free will, when, when a free will believer says that they have a free will, should we be agreeing with them? Yes, you know, according to what you mean, yes, we have a free will. Because, you know, if you, if you apply that reasoning to the free will thing, that would seem to be what, what, what we should be doing. That, we, you know, that we shouldn't be refuting the notion of free will. Oh, wait. I, hey, George, I think I get what you're saying here. In other words, what we're saying is that 
we are um, that our response is matched to the definition of God that those other people are using, rather than rather than fighting for what might be a real definition. Exactly, and that's mm-hmm. why I started out with like that, like the 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 standard. Um, atheist refutation of God is very similar to the standard compatibilist defense of, of free will, that it's basically, you know, based on inaccurate definitions. Yeah, it's interesting because, see, um, it's, it's difficult because, like, for example, with the free will thing, we go through that confusion, you know, because you've got people using compatibilist definitions of free will, which are, you know, meaningless and have nothing to do with what the debate's about. Um, and, but I guess with the God thing, it's a little bit more tricky because um, you have, it, you know, like what, the reason that I, I think of God as a as a man in the sky that's all pissed at the homosexuals or whatever you know the reason that i think of that is because that is the sort of the way that that the monotheistic and the polytheistic religions all so many religions that i've heard of all my life they believe like oh no this natural disaster happened because the gods are angry we must sacrifice a virgin or something you know, you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah and that's Chandler, funny. you know I completely agree with you. There's so much nonsense about like who God is and what he wants and what he doesn't want and all. So like, you know, I, I, I that's why, you know, like all, almost everybody. It on seems the- like if he's this powerful, well, he, he doesn't want shouldn't exist. Well, that's true. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> and so then, so then the question is, why does he like, why does he make us kind of like want things the way they are? They're not. I mean, and who, who can answer that? But, but but Chandler, you're right. I mean, like you know, the the um the standard Judeo-Christian Islamic um, conception of God is so wrong. You know, so so atheists are, are are very very right in refuting that. But I think I think it's more about you know basically refuting mistaken, inaccurate um, conceptions of God and and what God has done, rather than like refuting the notion of God itself. Because, like, you know, I, I think, you know, again, if, if, if atheists are trying to refute God, yet we can define God as being omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, eternal, you know, then, like, you know, it's very difficult to refute that. So I, I think atheists, in, ter- in terms of strategy, in terms of being able to kind of, like, lead the world from this completely, you know, not completely mistaken, obviously, but like so vastly mistaken and harmful conception of God that we have now to um, to a, a, a God that's kind of like more beneficial to humankind, that I, I think that the approach would be not to refute God, but to simply say, listen, you know, Christians, Jews, um, Muslims, you know, it's not that God doesn't exist, it's that you guys are so completely mistaken in your understanding of, of who and what God is. Well, George, I think with this episode, we've just defended the, all the other monotheists and possibly the polytheists out there. Because 
you know, like in religions, it's often um, blasphemous to say that you are God. But, but literally, if God is the universe, then you're God, I'm God, Will is God, everybody's God. Oh, even the air you're breathing is God. Yeah, so everything is God. So then what does it mean when, you know, Christians try to say that an atheist is separated from God? I'm like, well, no, because if you're part of the universe, then you are you are part of the universe, so you are God. And, and Exactly. Yeah, we, no, there's no way you're God. Could, yeah, there's God. no way that— there's no way anyone could That's ever not. be separated from God. The only thing we have to remember is because we don't have a free will, it's like, fine, we may be God. We're just not the part of God that makes, that decides what happens. If God is the universe, how can you sin? How can you do contrary to the will of the universe? Um, you're right. You can't. I mean, and, and as a matter of fact, Chandler, because we human beings don't have a free will, we never sin. It's impossible for us to sin. If we define sin as doing something that creates pain and suffering, then we'd have to conclude that God sins. God does some good things. In other words, God is not all good. God, God is both good and evil. Right. So it's it's an interesting thing. We know that we didn't cause ourselves to do things, but the prior causes of infinite regression caused us to do what we do. So in other words, nobody nobody's a, a dirty, evil sinner and going to hell. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that that's one of the values of our free will thing. So absolutely. All right. I know you have to end this, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been a great episode. You've been listening to Chandler Klebs, George Ortega, and WSD Time, also known as Will. And we've been talking about, um, you know, definitions of God and George explaining his definition of God as the universe, which is very different from that of other monotheists that I've talked to. It's been an overall very interesting talk, and I hope that you've learned something from listening to this. Thank you and goodbye.